0: Hey, dear friends, we're going to allow God's Word to speak into our hearts and our souls this day. Allow me to pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you are present with us by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we enter into this space with burdens, with fears, with anxieties, with uncertainties, with hopes and dreams and joys. And so, Lord, we come to you and acknowledge that you are our God, and we ask that you speak, that we hear your voice alone above all other voices. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Hey dear friends, we are continuing our our series, um, The Language of Hope, Words of Comfort and Call. We've been exploring uh, a handful of Hebrew words that were found in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. And you may remember the first one was when Moses is standing there in front of the burning bush and he says, God, you're sending me to help deliver the Israelites. Who should I say is sending me? And God says, well, I am who I am. The great I am. I am who I am. And we learn that what is ha- what in that word, to be is I will be God for you. I will be, because the biggest question the Israelites had at the time was, God, are you for us or not? Here we are in captivity in Egypt. God, are you going to deliver us? God is, I am. I am for you. And then later we heard where Moses, at the, his last sermon, the question shifts from, God, are you for us? To now a question from God to his people. <laughs> hey, are you with me or not? And Moses says, hear, O Israel, the great Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God, and you know this, with all your heart, your soul, and your might. Hero, Israel. And then we also, the question came, as the people of God wondered, with all the chaos that is in their lives and in the world, they're wondering, God, what kind of world have you placed us in? And what, and if any part, do you have in this? And we turned to Genesis. And we saw where that, that word for breath or spirit or life, was the wind was ruach right and the spirit of god hovered over the chaos and god's creative spirit the very breath that brings calm to the chaos light to the darkness and hope through the storm today we're invited to explore another word the hebrew word for chayare and the question that comes to us this morning is what are You afraid of? What are you afraid of? There are a great deal of many fears in our world this day. We fear everything. We fear life. We fear one another. We fear people who are different. We fear people who govern nations of our world, our enemies. We fear God. We fear heights, spiders, snakes, wild animals. We fear illness, poverty, unemployment, hunger, homelessness, hurricanes, and earthquakes. Most of all, we fear death. And maybe that's kind of what's going on in some level in our Halloween celebrations. We mock death a little bit, maybe to push death aside out of our worries and out of our concerns. No, we're not mortal. But throughout the Bible, we are told not to fear over and over and over again. Number one command in all Scripture. Isaiah 41, 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27. And over and over we hear Jesus tell the disciples, do not be afraid, do not fear. Why are you so terrified, he says to them. But there are also passages throughout Scripture that says we are to fear. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. Truly, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, out of Psalms. Or Proverbs 9, 10, the beginning of wisdom. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of Wisdom. Even Mary, the mother of our Lord, she sings after she realizes and and knows that she is bearing or will bear the child. She says, mercy, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So how are we to understand fear? How are we to understand our fears and what the Bible is teaching us about fear? We're not to fear, but then on the same level, we're to fear God. There's a familiar story that brings both of these senses of fear together that is a familiar story to all of us, and it's a beautiful story. It comes from the Old Testament. It comes from the book of Jonah. Actually, it's a story of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1. As Jonah tries to run from God. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went aboard and to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of God. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and the mighty storm came upon the sea, and the ship threatened to break it up. Then the mariners were afraid. That's the urah, They were afraid, and they cried out to each to his God, and they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down to the hold of the ship, and he laid down, and he was fast asleep. A captain came, and he said to him, what are you doing? He's waking him up, sound asleep. Get up call on your God, perhaps the God will spare us a thought. God will know we're out here. God will think of us, that so we will not perish. fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? Jonah replies, "I am a Hebrew," he replied, "and I worship God." Now that same that word, that's translated worship, is fear. Yerah, the same word, fear. I fear God. The Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land, then the men were even more afraid. Yerah, they're afraid. And he said to them, "What is it you have done?" The men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Can you imagine? They're sitting on the ship and they're like, hey, what are you, you know, the storm's here. What's everybody here for? Oh, I'm running from God. That's my job. That's what I'm doing. They're like, what are you talking about? Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be quiet, quiet down for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous he said to them pick me up and throw me into the sea then the sea will quiet down for you for I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you nevertheless the men rowed hard to bring the ship back to land but they could not for the sea grew more and more stormy against them then they cried out to the Lord now here's their prayer it's an awesome prayer Please, O Lord, we pray, do not let us perish on account of this man. Do not make us guilty of innocent blood. They've resolved it's time to get rid of Jonah. Make us guilty for his innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it has pleased you. So they pick up Jonah and they throw him into the sea, and the sea ceases from raging. And then the men feared, same word, Urah, They feared the Lord even more, and when they ordered, then they offered sacrifices to the Lord, and they made vows. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. You know, there's many takeaways in this story, lots of sermons involved here the image of the sailors throwing their cargo overboard, you know, when we face storms, you know, that's what we do. We need to lighten the load, things that are distracting us from our center, from our core. You know, how many times we talked to people through the pandemic that they realized they needed to get rid of things in their lives, things that were distracting them from what was the most important, what was giving them balance. Perhaps we too throw things overboard. They're weighing us down, causing the ship to list distractions we need to toss in order to bring balance back to our lives. The focus on the creator, focus on the creator of the heaven and earth. Another application, what about Jonah? You know, here's this guy who's running from God, running from God's call in his life. God gives specific instructions to deliver the word of truth the word of truth is full of mercy and compassion. Turn from your ways, and I will show mercy upon you. What Jonah wants to do is focus on their sin. He doesn't want to forgive them. He knows what God is going to do, what, the habit, what God's habit is, is forgiving, showing mercy. But one of the things that stood out to me is this idea of fear and how fear works in this story. It's used by the author, and deliberately the author uses it in this word and its wide meaning. In verse 9, the sailors ask Jonah to identify himself, and he says, I fear the Lord. I am a worshiper of God. We see that over and over in Scripture. Who are you? I'm a fearer of God. Cornelius in the New Testament, when we read about them in Acts chapter 9 or 10, where he he receives a word from the Lord, and he is a God-fearer. Fears God. Fear here in this sense means worship. I worship God. Jonah is part of the people who worship the true God. And then in verse 10, we see that the men are exceedingly fearful. They're terrified because of Jonah, what he was doing, fleeing from God. That sent the storm that was threatening their ship, threatening their lives. And then again in verse 16. We see fear again, but it's used in a different sense. As the seas grew calm, the men, the sailors, they feared God, but now it's a fear in worship. They're worshiping God, and they're responding in worship, and they're sacrificing, and they're praying, and they're committing themselves to God. The sailors are awestruck and stunned by the power of God, so they worship Him. When we grasp how fear is being used in this story, we see that it's an irony in many ways. Jonah is trying to run from God, from this prophet. Now, he doesn't want to let the Gentiles in on God's mercy, but he succeeded in his task. In spite of himself, the sailors worship God. Maybe it's a foretaste of what will happen when Jonah goes to Nineveh and he walks that entire day into the city and he does the shortest sermon ever done. He says, you better turn or you're going to burn. And that's it. And they all repent. Everyone, the king, makes a decree. They wear clothing and sackcloth and ashes and they repent and the whole city is saved. And Jonah becomes so angry at God for him showing mercy upon mercy. So where does this leave us? How are we to understand this fear and fearing God? Moreover, how can our fears be transformed into worship, similar to the sailors, or from fear to faith? That we are born again to eternal life. And as one writer suggests, perhaps these paradoxes, we could add, it is in fearing God that we no longer need to be afraid. It is in fearing God that we no longer be afraid. In many ways, our fears are the opposite of trust. When I'm not trusting God, I become fearfully anxious. As we saw in the sailors, their terror turned to trust, and their response is worship. The sailors were driven in fear to recognize and trust the creator of all, and their fears become worship. They lift praise, make vows, and offer sacrifice. So dear friends, what fears do you face this week? What are those fears that can be turned to worship? Perhaps it, it's in our reverence of God, our awe-struck reverence of God, that we will find peace. The maker of heaven and earth who knows our name who shows compassion and mercy on all people you know jesus in speaking to his disciples he often retur- he said do not fear do not worry why are you worrying he says look to creation look at the birds and the trees and the flowers all that god has made he doesn't ignore it. he doesn't say ignore your fears but he says put them in perspective your daily concerns your daily concerns are not going to vaporize, but as we fear God, as we have this sense of awe and awestruck in God's creation, it puts our fears in perspective. Have you stood in the valley floor of Yosemite? I, years ago, as I mentioned, Rector, um, I'm still awestruck by that, but uh, you know, one of the trips, Sally, you might remember, we went to Yosemite, and we went to the, not to the valley floor, but we went to the edge. I I think it's Taft Point, or I can't remember exactly where it is, but you can look out over the valley, and you're awestruck by this beauty of this valley, but also you're awestruck by how sheer the cliff is, because you just look down, you can see down 3,000 feet, and you're like, And I remember going up to that cliff, and I just, my body started going smaller and smaller. And some of the kids were like walking along the edge, and like, I'm like, you guys are. There's this awestruck fear, the power of God's nature. Maybe you stand on the beach, and you could feel the thunder of the waves along our beaches. power of God's creation. It doesn't say we're worshiping God's creation. But here in our story, they see the power of God's creation. Jesus is saying, look to creation. Look at the majesty and the wonder of God and how God is at work. If God cares about the birds and the fish and the flowers and the trees, how much more does he care for you? The Lord's unfailing love and mercy never cease, as fresh and as sure as the sunrise, as we're reminded in limitations. So, dear friends, what fears do you face this week? We all face fears. We all have concerns. We all stand and wonder, God, how is this thing going to be resolved in my life? How is this person going to come out through from what they're stuck in? God, people that we love, that we pray for, our world. How are things going to come out in the nations that are war-torn? All of these fears that we carry, we are to turn in the awestruck and go, God, your majesty, your grace, and your love, we will hold on to that as fresh as the morning and as sure as the sunrise. So whatever fears you face this day, Concerns that you have. We pray that our fears are transformed into worship. And when our fears are transformed into worship, we respond. Just like the sailors. We pray. We make vows. And we make sacrifice. And we give. We give out of the abundance that God has provided for us. And so as we give now, we give online, as we give here this morning, We do so because we fear God. Let me pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word and the story of Jonah as we go from this place. God, we're reminded of your presence in our lives and all the fears that we carry, and you are present with us. And we have this awestruck wonder of your grace. And may it challenge us, inspire us, and fill us this day